No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Saul pursues David again, and David spares Saul's life again. Saul comes to the sad conclusion that he has played the fool. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 26 on Simply the Bible. Have you ever done something stupid that left you feeling like a fool? I remember when I was about 14 years old, my buddies and I went to the California State Fair and I had to use the restroom. So, and I had to use it in a hurry. So I ran and on my way in, I, I noticed the name men went in there. And, but as soon as I went into the restroom, I noticed there was a large number of women all standing before the mirror doing their hair. It seemed like to me, I turned around as fast as I could, went out the door, realized on my way out that the W.O. had been hidden by another door. <laughs> but the most embarrassing thing of all was my friends pointing their finger at me and laughing. I had played the fool. Now, toward the end of Saul's life, he had to admit that he had played the fool. Unfortunately, he had played the fool most of his life, and he had been exceedingly foolish. We pick it up in 1 Samuel 26. Now, the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding in the hill of Hekilah, opposite Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him, to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped in the hill of Hekilah, which is opposite Jeshimon, by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul had indeed come. Now, this was the second time the Ziphites disclosed to Saul that David was hiding out among them. Obviously, they were loyal to Saul. David knew that Saul had sent his army looking for him, but he sent out his spies and then determined that Saul was with them. Earlier at the cave of En Gedi, Saul admitted that he knew David would be king and that he had returned evil for David's good. He made David swear an oath that after God had made him king, he would not kill Saul's descendants. And David swore to Saul that he would do that. But now Saul had reverted to his old ways. He was seeking to kill David. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Now Saul lay within the camp, with the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Abishai the son of Zeruiah, brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. Now from a high place, David saw Saul with his general, Abner, who happened to be his cousin also, and 3,000 troops. One must admire the audacity of David in going into Saul's camp. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous 
are as bold as a lion. I like what Pastor John Corson says on this verse. I will not tremble in the presence of man if I have trembled in the presence of God. When I find myself afraid of people, it's always indicative that I haven't been in the presence of the Lord because when I spend time with him, I have boldness, peace, and confidence. Truly, the Bible tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound judgment. But David shows himself as a great leader here because he is willing to lead his men into the very heart of Saul's camp. We're introduced here to David's cousin, Abishai. He was the son of David's sister, Zeruiah, and the brother of Joab, who would become David's general. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp, and his spear stuck in the ground by his head, and Abner and the people lay all around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. Abishai didn't want to mess around anymore. He was tired of tromping all over the country, running from this evil King Saul. He saw this as David's golden opportunity to be rid of his enemy once and for all. But he didn't realize that this was a test for David. Now, sometimes we're tested by our enemies. Other times, we're tested by our friends. Their advice may seem reasonable, but it's not necessarily of God. Now, remember also what Jesus said to his friend Peter when Peter sought to dissuade him from going to the cross. Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And so we must learn to be discerning even of our friends. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, Furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. David had such a high regard for the anointing of the Lord upon Saul, even though the Lord had departed from Saul and the Lord had made it clear that David would be the new king. Yet David was not going to be the one to reach out his hand and harm Saul. He understood that Saul was in God's hands. God would take care of him how God saw fit. And Saul could die in battle. He could die of disease. There was all kinds of things that could happen, but it wasn't going to happen by David's hand. And we learn here a very valuable lesson that it is wise for us to turn our adversaries over to the Lord. Let God take care of them. Let God be your defense. Now, really, we don't have probably an adversary like David did, where we have somebody that's trying to kill us all the time, but we do often have people who are annoyances to us. And the same thing applies. Are we going to take matters into our own hands, try to figure out what we can do to get back at them? Or are we just going to leave it with the Lord and pray about it, trust the Lord with those annoyances, and even humble ourselves beneath them, realizing that God is using those things to teach us and to make us more like Jesus? And so David continued. 
But please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head and they got away and no man saw or knew it or awoke for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. With the spear, Saul would take life. With the jug of water, he would sustain his life. Both items were essential for him. Now, God helped David show Saul that he could have taken his life, but chose not to by putting a deep sleep on all of them so they didn't wake up. Now, the thing was, David had only done good towards Saul, and Saul had returned that good with evil. Proverbs 17, 13 says, Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. On the other hand, whenever Saul had done evil to David, David rewarded that with good by sparing his life. Now for the second time. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great distance being between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your lord the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. David's sort of taunting Abner. He humiliates him because Abner fell asleep. He should have been guarding the king. And Abner deserved to be disciplined as a result. It's interesting, though, that David didn't identify himself, although probably everybody knew whose voice it was. Then Saul knew David's voice and said, Is that your voice, my son David? David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done or what evil is in my hand? Now therefore, please let my lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men... May they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. So now do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Now Saul was insincere because he knew it was David's voice. And yet he said, is that your voice, my son, David? And why is he calling David his son? Well, David was his son-in-law, but he certainly didn't treat David like that. David offered indisputable logic, which was, look, if I've done something wrong, then take me back and I will offer an offering to the Lord that I might be forgiven. But if your men are flattering you and telling you that I'm trying to do you evil, they're lying to you. Nothing could be further from the truth. But what they have done is to drive me away from the land of my inheritance to go worship other gods. I can't even worship the Lord that I love. And finally, he said to Saul, what are you doing? You're hunting me like a partridge in the mountains. A partridge normally doesn't fly, but, but runs from hiding place to hiding place. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. 
Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. Now, Saul was pretty good at admitting that he had sinned. He had done this several times, but there was never any repentance that went along with it. He would just change his mind shortly thereafter. But he admitted, I have played the fool. Now, it's sad that Saul would come to the end of his life and really have to look back on his life and admit that he had played the fool. And I think many times people come to the end of their lives and if they were honest with themselves, they would have to say that. But many people won't say that because of pride. And David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son, David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. The first time the Lord delivered Saul into David's hand, in the cave, David cut off the hem of his robe, but this time he wouldn't even touch Saul at all. He was learning that God was able to deal effectively with his enemies. And so the lesson to learn from David is that we also ought to value the lives of others as being made in the image of God, but also know that God highly values our lives. And God will even use our accusers to shape us into the image of Christ if we'll humble ourselves beneath the mighty hand of God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see that David is afraid that Saul will finally kill him, so he escapes to dwell with the Philistines. The Philistine king gives David and his men the city of Ziklag. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible